What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in today's video I'm going to be updating my wide receiver rankings for redraft fantasy football. The last set of rankings I did was top 24. We're going to be bumping that up to my top 30 wide receivers. There's also been a few shifts, you know, in the top 24. Um, so we're going to be running through those today, splitting these players up into different tiers. If you enjoy the video, do me a huge favor, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. If you missed my running back rankings, I posted those yesterday, and then I'll have quarterbacks, tight ends, um, and then also my overall rankings coming out over the next three days. So let's just jump right into it. Starting off with my tier one wide receivers, just two players in this tier. We've got Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. I think both these guys have like elite high-end wide receiver one ceilings. We saw Jefferson was the wide receiver two in points per game last season, wide receiver one overall. Jamar Chase was the wide receiver four in points per game. Both these players are still ascending, and they're both going to be on pass-heavy, strong offenses. So I like those two as my clear top two wide receivers. Then in tier two, we have another two-man tier. It's going to be Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. I think these players honestly have similar ceilings to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. You could actually probably argue that Cooper Cup has like the highest ceiling, at least the highest ceiling that we've seen after his 25.9 point per game season. And he was the wide receiver one in a points per game last year. But I just think there's a certain level of risk with Cooper Cup being 30, coming off a season ending ankle injury, and then Tyreek Hill at 29. Like I'm not saying regression is going to happen, but if we're looking at like, you know, the potential percentages of it happening, maybe it's 10, 15%, but it's 0% for Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, right? Like those guys aren't regressing as players. If anything, they're going to continue to improve. So I think that slight risk just bumps them, you know, a little bit below the tier one duo that I have, but I still really like Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill for fantasy this year. Now shifting into tier three, this is going to be a little bit of a bigger tier. We've got Stefan Diggs, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Devontae Adams, A.J. Brown, and Garrett Wilson. So Diggs is going to be my clear number one in this tier. He has three seasons with the Bills, finishes the wide receiver three, wide receiver nine, and then wide receiver five in points per game. So he has a high-end wide receiver one finish, a mid-tier wide receiver one finish, and then like a mid to lower end wide receiver one finish. I don't really see why that changes here in 2023. Pretty much going to be the same offense. They haven't really added to the wide receiver position. So I like Diggs here as my uh, wide receiver five. Then we have Amon Ross St. Brown, and he's going to be like one of my guys heading into the season. One of the players that I'm higher on than consensus. Someone that I just think is going to overachieve. I did an in-depth breakdown of him versus C.D. Lamb versus A.J. Brown in terms of which guy I'd prefer, you know, in each format. So if you want to check that one out, that's uh, on my channel within the last like two weeks, I think. But just to kind of give you the quick rundown here, in the healthy games that Amon Ra played last year, he averaged 19 PPR points per game, which would have put him over a full point per game ahead of both C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown. Then next up, I keep going back and forth on C. Lamb and Devontae Adams. Like last year, Devontae Adams was obviously the better option in terms of like points per game. But I also think there are clear reasons to expect Lamb to kind of build on his breakout 2022 season. He's younger, so he still maybe hasn't hit his prime, you know, as a player. Also, the uh, Cowboys kind of struggled last year. He also played with the backup quarterback. So there's reasons to think Lamb can improve on his production last season. And then there's also factors that I think could lead to Devontae Adams' production dipping, like his quarterback, like his age. So I keep going back and forth. Um, you know, you really could go either way with those two guys. 
Then I have A.J. Brown, and I like A.J. Brown as like a mid-tier wide receiver one. I think he has a solid shot of repeating like production in the 17 to 18 point per game area. I'm just not quite sure how much room there is for him to hit like the 20 plus point per game threshold. Like I feel like Devontae Adams can do it. I mean, he's done it. I think C.D. Lamb can do it. I think Amon Ra can do it. Like, I think these players can put it together in boom seasons. I'm just not sure, like, what the recipe is for A.J. Brown to hit that crazy ceiling, just like on the current offense he's on. And then wrapping up this tier with Garrett Wilson, coming off an impressive rookie season, and is now getting a massive quarterback upgrade with Aaron Rodgers. Now, moving into tier four, we're going to have Jalen Waddell, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, and Devonta Smith. Pretty much three of these dudes, Jalen Waddell, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, are all going to be wide receiver twos on top NFL offenses. You've got Tyreek Hill ahead of Jalen Waddell. You've got uh, Jamar Chase ahead of T. Higgins. And then you have A.J. Brown ahead of Devonta Smith. So I think those three players all have their ceilings kind of capped a little bit because they're not the number ones on their offenses. But I still think they're guys who can finish as like back end wide receiver ones. And then both or all three of them actually probably have some upside, you know, to be mid-tier wide receiver ones, maybe even higher if there's an injury ahead of them. So Hill goes down, you know, I think Waddle probably becomes like a mid-tier guy. So, you know, I like these guys as like fringe wide receiver ones. And then we have Chris Olave, a second year guy who I think will make a big leap with uh, Derek Carr coming in. I actually talked about him and Garrett Wilson in my uh, budget options video. So, you know, if you want a deeper dive on that, check that one out. And then moving into tier five, I think this is a tier that's going to have a lot of variance from consensus. So I go Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, DK Metcalf, Mike Williams, and Debo Samuel. As a whole, I'm going to say I'm not overly excited about this tier. Um, I do think there's a decent fall off after tier four. You know, I do kind of like like the start of this tier, but let's just dive into it. I think DK and Debo are two guys that typically like lead this group. I kind of see it a little differently here. You can obviously see I have, you know, Metcalf behind three other guys in this tier. Debo Samuel is actually going to close out this tier. But starting off with Calvin Ridley, I understand that it probably doesn't feel great drafting a guy who just missed an entire season off of suspension. And then even the year before, like didn't play a full season and you're kind of drafting him as like a high-end wide receiver too. I get why that doesn't feel great, but I do think there is some serious upside here with Calvin Ridley. I expect the Jaguars to be one of the best offenses in the NFL. They took a massive leap last season. I think they take another leap here, adding Calvin Ridley. The last time we saw Calvin Ridley play a full NFL season, he averaged 18.8 points per game. If we are getting that Calvin Ridley, he is going to absolutely smash his current ADP. And I really do think like a mid-tier wide receiver one season would not shock me. I totally think that is in the range of outcomes here. So I think originally you look at it, you're like, ah, this doesn't feel great. But the path is clearly there because if he is just the same guy he was the last time we saw him over a full season, I think he's easily going to pay off where he's currently being drafted. You're just kind of hoping, you know, his play didn't slip, you know, while he was missing a lot of time. Then we have Amari Cooper, and I think he's pretty interesting heading into 2023, but I feel like the way you feel about Amari Cooper is directly tied to you making a bet on Deshaun Watson. Either you thinking Watson's going to be great or bad, it's probably going to dictate how you feel about Amari Cooper. When Jacoby Brissett was the starter last season, Amari Cooper averaged 16 points per game. Then when Watson came back, 
I was expecting Cooper to just tear it up. He gets a quarterback upgrade. He had already been great. Uh, unfortunately, his points per game fell from 16 to 11.6 when he was playing with Deshaun Watson. And I think we have to keep in mind here, this is not like Jacoby Brissett was playing at like an otherworldly level. He was averaging 237 passing yards per game. He threw 12 touchdowns in 11 starts. So really like he was playing probably like below average football, if we're being totally honest. Deshaun Watson just came back and was unbelievably bad. Averaged 184 passing yards per game, seven touchdowns in six games. So I think Amari Cooper can actually pay off at his ADP even if he's getting below average quarterback play. But if Deshaun Watson returns to the guy he was like in 2020 or before, I definitely think Amari Cooper could put together a wide receiver one season this year. I kind of feel like it's slipping under the radar, but it seems like Amari Cooper's ADP is much more centered around his floor, unless you're just expecting Deshaun Watson to be absolutely miserable again. For me, like a guy who was so impressive early on in his career, I just don't think that guy forgot how to play football. Like, I think he's going to bounce back to some extent this season. So I do like Amari Cooper more than consensus. Then I've got Keenan Allen. And if you're drafting Keenan Allen, you're only pretty much hoping that he just doesn't fall off like at 31 years old, because in his healthy games last season, he averaged 19.7 PPR points per game. That is elite high-end wide receiver one production. He's been a top 12 wide receiver in points per game in five of the last six seasons. And the one year he wasn't, he was the wide receiver 13. So he has been unbelievably consistent. You're kind of just hoping that father time doesn't get him this season. I think the Chargers are going to be fantastic again on offense. And you're just hoping he can stay healthy and doesn't just fall off a cliff. But I also think that even if he falls off a little bit, he's still going to be a guy who can command a lot of volume. And it's not like his role is really like, you know, under threat of being taken. Like Quinton Johnston is much more of a risk to Mike Williams than he would be to Keenan Allen. Like it's not like they're just going to dump Quinton Johnston into that Keenan Allen role. So I think his spot is pretty much locked up. But obviously for that ceiling, you want him to be a similar player. And then we have DK Metcalf here. So I'm going to be a little bit lower on the consensus. And this is not me being anti-Metcalf like as an NFL player. I think he is a very, very good NFL wide receiver. I just feel like people are getting a little carried away for fantasy. Like right now, he is being drafted as an early third round pick on underdog. He's like right behind that uh, tier four group with like, you know, Olave, uh, Waddle, Higgins, Devonta Smith. Like he's right after that group. I will say I'm coming around a little bit on DK Metcalf, but definitely not fully where I'm like, you know, ready to draft him early round three. I looked a little closer at his 2022 season and he left early week seven with injury. So I removed that game from his point per game total. If you remove that game, he averaged 14 points per game on the season, which would have been the wide receiver 20. He did underperform in the uh, touchdown department, only scored six in 17 games. I mean, that's really low, especially when you're considering the fact that Geno threw 30 total touchdowns. Like, it's not like he was working with a small pool of passing touchdowns. Only catching six out of 30 when you're as involved in the offense as DK Metcalf is. Like, that's definitely underperforming in that area. So I was just like trying to see what would happen if his touchdowns were at a normal number. So you go, you add in four touchdowns, he would have been at 15 and a half points per game, which would have been the wide receiver 13. So now I can kind of see that path to that wide receiver one season for DK Metcalf. And so if this was the same Seahawks roster from last season, I'd probably be way more in on DK Metcalf. 
We also have to add in the fact that the Seahawks just added JSN in the draft, who I think has the potential to be a volume machine very early on. And then they also added a pass catching back in Zach Charbonnet. So it's not like this is just going to be the two-man show of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett like it's been in previous seasons. So like I see the path for him, or at least I saw the path, but right, we had to bump him up to double-digit touchdowns for him to hit like a fringe wide receiver one season. But now we're bringing in way more target competition with JSN and Zach Charbonnet. Like I think Metcalf could prove me wrong, but I think where I have him is honestly pretty fair, like given everything that's happened throughout this offseason. And then behind DK Metcalf, I'm going to have Mike Williams. And I actually bumped Mike Williams up a tier from my uh, last rankings video, because when you look at the last two seasons where Mike Williams has been healthy in those games, he's been great for fantasy. In his 15 healthy games in 2021, he averaged 16.1 points per game. And then in 2022, he averaged 15.2 points per game when you remove the two games he played with under a uh, 40% target share. So I kind of feel like his ADP is being buried this season because his point per game number last season didn't look great. But like when you are playing in games and you get 9% uh, snap share and then you get like 35 because you're injured, obviously those games are kind of going to tank your uh, fantasy production. So I think he's in a good spot here. Like I said with Keenan Allen, I really like this Chargers offense. And I think if he can stay healthy, which obviously is the if here for Mike Williams, I think he'll definitely pay off for fantasy. And then we're going to be wrapping this tier up with Debo Samuel. I'm pretty out on Debo at this point. When we look back to last year, after the Christian McCaffrey trade, Debo Samuel averaged 11 PPR points per game over the seven games where all those weapons played together. There's just so many mouths to feed on the 49ers. I think Debo is a crazy talented player, but I also think it's important to point out that it's not like Debo has been a wide receiver one his entire career or even a wide receiver two. Debo has one top 24 season in his four years in the NFL, and that was the season where early on he balled out at wide receiver when Ayuk was in the doghouse, and then he played running back in the second half of the season. I just don't think that's like a sustainable or repeatable route to strong fantasy production. So I'm going to be, you know, pretty out on him compared to his ADP. Uh, maybe he proves me wrong. If there's a ton of injuries on the 49ers, I do think he could pay off. But I think if those guys are staying healthy or relatively healthy, like I'm just not super in on Debo Samuel. Now we're going to be moving into tier six. And this tier is going to have Christian Watson, Jerry Judy, DeAndre Hopkins, Drake London, Terry McLaurin, and DJ Moore. So starting off with Christian Watson, he kind of feels like a wild card this season. He had a crazy run to end last year, 17.2 points per game in his last eight games. But he's getting a quarterback downgrade from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. We'll kind of see what happens here with Christian Watson. I've talked about this in other videos, but like if he was challenging for top 12 wide receiver, wouldn't be shocked. If he was like unplayable towards the end of the season, I also wouldn't be shocked. I just think the range of outcomes is very wide for Christian Watson. Then we've got Jerry Judy, who I actually think had a pretty under the radar, like solid 2022 season. And that's coming from someone who has not been super high on him throughout his career. He was the wide receiver 19 in points per game, despite being on the lowest scoring team in the NFL. I have to expect the Broncos to get better this season. Maybe Judy's not going to be a top 12 guy, but I still think he can give you solid wide receiver two production. Then I have DeAndre Hopkins here, and he's a guy who drops a few spots from the last set of rankings I did. The last set of rankings was, you know, when he was a free agent, we didn't really know where he'd be going. With the news that he's going to the Titans, I think, you know, 
Got to drop him down a few slots. I think I could move him down a few more later, but we'll kind of wait and see right now. Right now, he's going to be my wide receiver 23. Obviously, we were going to be hoping that he signed with the Bills or the Chiefs. That would have been best for his uh, fantasy value. And going to the Titans is pretty much less than ideal. Like, I don't think there's any way around it. It's not a good landing spot. The Titans have had a sub 52% pass to run ratio over each of the past five seasons. And remember, that includes years with A.J. Brown. So it's not like, oh, we get a top wide receiver. We're going to be more pass heavy. They had one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. They were still very, very run heavy. Now DeAndre Hopkins is kind of, you know, at that age where he could start to fall off at 31 years old. I think that issue kind of gets compounded when you have a bad landing spot, right? Like if he's playing next to Stephon Diggs, it's going to be a lot easier for him to maintain that top tier production or, you know, playing next to Travis Kelsey. That's not happening. He's probably going to have to be the guy who's carrying this passing offense. You know, we saw a similar thing happen with Julio Jones, where he actually had a decent season before he went to the Titans, totally fell off. I'm not out on DeAndre Hopkins, but I do think, you know, as a whole, this was a disappointing turn of events, him going to the Titans. Then we've got uh, Drake London and DJ Moore, and I feel like both of them feel pretty similar, like in this tier. Both the Falcons and the Bears had a sub 45% pass to run ratio. That is unbelievably low. Both teams attempted under 25 pass attempts per game. Those rates and like pass attempt numbers, those are major, major outliers over the past, what, like 10, 20 years. Like those were extremely low. Typically, like the lowest pass to run ratio is like 49, 48%. Like we saw the Ravens kind of in there. I think the Eagles were in there at some point, but like sub 45% is crazy. So you're kind of just hoping these teams don't repeat their like historical low production here. Um, And they can still be like pretty run heavy, but you just need them to not be in that sub 45% area. You get closer to 50% you know, 51, 52, then you're probably feeling pretty good about these two very talented wide receivers. Then we've got Terry McLaurin, um, and he's pretty much finished like in this range every year he's been in the NFL. He's been between a wide receiver 20 and the wide receiver 29 in points per game over all four of his seasons. I don't really see why that changes one way or the other. Um, Like he's likely going to have below average quarterback play, whether it's Sam Howell or Jacoby Brissett. But it's nothing, you know, McLaurin hasn't seen before. He's had poor quarterback play. And I'm actually personally like decently in on Sam Howell. I think he's interesting. But I think like expecting league average or better quarterback play in him out of his first, you know, season as a starter is probably being a little generous. And now we are going to be moving into tier seven, my final tier. This tier is going to have Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, Marquise Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Brandon Ayuk. Technically, we're going top 32. Didn't want to leave off like the last two guys in this tier. So you're getting like bonus two wide receivers here. And then all these guys are going to be new additions. Haven't talked about these players in any of my rankings videos. So starting off with Deontay Johnson, I've been a big Deontay guy over the past you know few seasons. I'm not switching up here. And this isn't me like dying on some hill, right? Like I was high on him last year. Obviously got to move him down after last season, but I just think the volume he's pretty much guaranteed at his ADP is pretty crazy, and I just don't think you're going to see it with any other player. Um, Average 9.6 targets per game in 2020, then 10.6 in 2021, 8.6 last year, just consistently very, very involved as a volume option. We all know the massive hole in Deontay's 2022 season was just the lack of touchdowns. 
the dude scored zero touchdowns in 17 games. Zero touchdowns on 146 targets is just absurd. Like, that's got to be some sort of record. Obviously, a, uh, a negative record there. I think in general, the Steelers offense is going to be a little bit better in 2023. And we have to remember, Deontay was coming off a 17.6 point per game season in 2023. So it's not like he doesn't have a ceiling. I think he'll end up being a value this year. He just scores five, six touchdowns. I think he's going to pay off at his current price. Then we've got uh, Christian Kirk. And I feel like some people probably are going to want Kirk to be higher. I actually had him a little bit lower earlier on, and I kind of moved him up recently. He's coming off a wide receiver 18 fantasy finish, and I'm very in on this Jaguars offense. I just have a tough time like seeing Christian Kirk have any sort of ceiling playing next to Calvin Ridley. I do think he has the ability to be like a top 24 guy in points per game, but I'm just not sure like how much higher he's going to be able to go. Like ideally, even if you're drafting a wide receiver as like a wide receiver three, I think you still want like the high end for them to be able to be a top 15 wide receiver. Like you want to see that path. I'm just not sure if that path is there. Maybe I'm too high on Ridley, right? Because I am very in on Ridley. So maybe it makes me a little lower on Christian Kirk, or maybe I'm, you know, kind of right on line here. How you guys feel about Christian Kirk? I feel like he's an interesting player to kind of look at here, but that's where I have him. Then I've got Marquise Brown, and I really like Marquise Brown this season. I originally kind of thought that for Hollywood Brown to pay off, Kyler would need like an early return, and obviously an early return for Kyler would be ideal, but I still think Marquise Brown can pay off at his current ADP, even with Colt McCoy for like a decent chunk of the season. I just think he's that good of a player, and his ADP is pretty low, like outside the top 30 wide receivers. I think if Kyler does return early on, I think Marquise Brown is probably going to smash his ADP. We look back to last season, no DeAndre Hopkins early on in the season before Marquise Brown's ankle injury. In the first six games, he averaged 18.3 PPR points per game. We're probably going to be getting a more pass-heavy Kyler with him coming off the ACL. I think he's going to end up being a great value um, where he's currently being drafted. And then we've got back-to-back Bucks wide receivers here. Obviously, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are no longer going to be benefiting from the uh, QB play of Tom Brady or the crazy passing volume they've seen over like the end of the Winston years and then the Brady years in uh, Tampa. But I do feel like they're kind of being buried for fantasy. And maybe I'm even a little low on them here. It's just a tough spot here because they have been so consistently good. Like in nine NFL seasons, Mike Evans has never finished lower than the wide receiver 25 in points per game. He's been a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in eight of those nine seasons. Godwin has been a top 15 wide receiver the past four seasons. So I'm definitely expecting a fall off from these guys in production, but I also think we can't just totally throw them away. Like it's not unheard of for talented wide receivers to perform in rough situations. Like maybe it's going to be tough for both these guys to ball out and pay off. But I think looking back at it, I think one of these guys is definitely going to impress some people in uh, 2023. And then to wrap up these rankings with Brandon Ayuk, it's honestly tough for me to rank Ayuk at 32 because I do think he's a really strong player. I just think this is a spot where like the situation is kind of going to overshadow the talent. Ayuk's best fantasy season was his rookie year where he was the wide receiver 18 in points per game. Then he was the wide receiver 39 in 2021. That was the weird stuff where he like wasn't even playing early on in the season. Um, and then he was the wide receiver 23 last year in 2022. I just think looking at this offense, like barring an injury to Debo or multiple injuries, like you got a CMC and a Mitchell injury or a CMC and a Kittle injury. 
I just kind of struggle to see him having any kind of ceiling better than like a back end wide receiver two. Um, in terms of 49ers wide receivers, though, I do prefer Brandon Ayuk at his current price compared to Debo. Um, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think like a hot take I would have might be that Brandon Ayuk may actually outperform Debo at their current prices. Because I just think if both of them are playing straight up wide receiver, I think like the talent is honestly kind of similar. So I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm kind of out on both players at their current price. But I do think if you want like a pass catcher in this 49ers wide receiver room, or yeah, like a wide receiver on this team, I'd prefer Ayuk at his price compared to Debo Samuel. But that is going to wrap it up for my top 30, or I guess top 32 wide receivers. Let me know what you guys think, how we feeling about the rankings, how we feeling about the tiers. If you enjoyed, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. Thank you all for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.